Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first, number one, inaugural pilot episode of Julie's Topics. I know you guys have been waiting. I've been saying that I'm going to do this for a year, <laughs> and uh, here we are. Now it's finally happening. Um, let me set the scene for you a little bit. I am, if you could see the way that I am sitting right now, I'm in an empty room huddled in the corner because I tried to record this in the middle of the room where people could see me through the door and I felt a bit too exposed so now I'm in the corner and I think if somebody walks in I am gonna be mortified I think I might have to change schools um yeah but that's not what this podcast is about this podcast is about me sitting here and yapping I'm currently hopped up on and an, an iced pumpkin chai with a shot of espresso, which wasn't a good idea. I shouldn't have had that. <sighs> the effects of caffeine on the body are inhumane, I think. I think that maybe caffeine should be outlawed, actually. Anyways, I need to stay on topic. Oh my god. This podcast is about me sitting here and yapping about whatever I want about something that I like or something that I maybe dislike, you know. Top picks is a very vague term. It could be my top pick for what the worst thing ever is. Maybe. Actually, I'm probably going to do that. I'm probably going to do an episode on what I think is the worst movie ever. But it's not just about movies. It could be about a movie that I like, a TV show that I like, maybe a book, maybe a song, maybe an artist here or there. Maybe something that I haven't even thought of yet. We'll see. And normally, there will be a guest with me so that I'm not sitting here yapping by myself and getting embarrassed. <laughs> but before I go into today's topic, I do want to... Oh. Sorry, I thought somebody was going to walk in. Um, I do want to hit you guys with a couple of disclaimers. Number one, I am recording at school. And um, I'm gonna, you know, obviously for safety purposes. And oh, I'm, I'm getting so embarrassed. I keep seeing people walk by. Um, I'm at school, and I'm not gonna use the names of anybody at this school unless I'm given explicit confirmation, like that's okay. So if I'm telling a story about a teacher, I'm not gonna say the name of that teacher because I'm not weird. But I'm not going to say the name of like my school or anything, because that's weird. And I'm also going to try and keep this quite clean. I'm not going to try- I'm going to try and not curse, because I am an, a student. And even though this is not a school-sponsored podcast, I still want to try and keep my image a little bit family-friendly, because I am going into the workforce. So, those are my disclaimers. Either way, I would like to say a quick hello to my audience, um, maybe a friend or two that is watching, maybe my dad. My dad might be listening, <laughs> um, and that's going to be about it. Maybe my sister, but we'll see. So without further ado, let's actually talk about the thing that I was supposed to talk about. I don't know how long this is. I'm recording this on GarageBand, and GarageBand isn't going to tell me how long this is. It feels like I've been talking for three hours already. Anyways. 
that was ASMR for you. And with a gulp and a crunch, let's get into it. Today we're talking about American Psycho. I love this movie. Oh, yeah, I'm going to talk about, like, the <laughs> before we actually talk about it, even though I said we were going to talk about it. We're going to talk about sort of the, the structure of this podcast. Essentially, I'm going to try and give a little introduction as to what the piece of media is about. Then I'm going to go into the development of it, sort of the pre-production and the production, if I'm talking about a TV show or a movie, but if I'm talking about a book per se, the writing process, same maybe with a song, you know, such, such as that, such things as that. And then also some fun trivia, because I love looking up behind the scenes trivia. The behind the scenes trivia for, oh, that's embarrassing. That was my sister texting me. I should put this on do not disturb. Hold please. This is already going so terribly. Like this is already going so bad. I, I promise that it's just because it's the first episode. Later, this will be a lot more polished. But yeah, after talking about the trivia, I will move into my personal thoughts on the piece of media and that'll sort of be it. And that's why normally I'm gonna have a guest on here because me yapping is not that interesting, but whenever I have somebody else's opinions, then it's gonna get interesting. But today you're stuck with me. So without further talking and rambling on, we're gonna talk about American Psycho. So this movie came out in 2000, the year 2000. And I love this movie. Guys, I love this movie. It's insane. It is a crazy movie. It's wild. But it follows the story of a businessman in the, 19, the late 1980s, the Wall Street boom in New York City. His name is Patrick Bateman, and he's insane. That's why it's called American Psycho, because it's set in America and he's kind of crazy. Guys so smart. So let's just dive right into the development. So this is an adaptation of the novel by the same name by Bret Easton Ellis, which came out in 1991. And I actually read that book and did a whole project on it for my English class last year. And when I told, when I told my teacher I was doing American Psycho, she was like, oh god. <laughs> and then when I was like, like, towards the end of the project, like towards the end of when I was done reading the book, she came and talked to me about it. And I was like talking to her about it and she was like, oh no spoilers, I haven't read it yet. And I was like, you haven't? And she was like, no, not yet. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you read this if you didn't have to, but it's good and I love it. But the author, Brett, Easton Ellis, Mr. Ellis, Mr. Easton Ellis, if you will, he did not expect an adaptation of this book to be made. Because the, the book, when you read it, it does not seem like it would translate well to film. That's why a lot of adaptations had to be made from the, the script to the screen. As I say in the, in the business, they don't actually say that, that's just me. So at the start of the pre-production process, David Cronenberg was actually set to direct, and Brad Pitt was set to be the titular role, the Mr. American Psycho himself, which is, they really cycled through every white man 
during this casting process. They got all of them for like a second. Um, but Cronenberg made many creative changes from the book to the script. He cut out all of the restaurant and nightclub scenes, which are very important in the book and very important to the movie, in my opinion. And he cut out all of the violence, which like, I understand. Actually, no, I don't understand it. It's people are like, people have made cases recently where it's like violence doesn't need to be in the movie it doesn't have any effect on the plot have you read the book sort of the main like one of you know anyways (laughs) and during this sort of stage of the pre-production process ellis became very bored with the original material because he'd been working with it for so long And because he was so bored, he planned a final musical sequence to be in the film that was to be set on top of the World Trade Center. So, hey guys. Anyways, Cronenberg later left the project, and it was passed to Mary Harron. A familiar name, maybe. Maybe if you've seen the movie, you understand where we're going. And Heron co-wrote a new script with the writer Guinevere Turner, which is the coolest name ever, guys. I love the name Guinevere. And she didn't feel like she needed to do a deep dive into Bateman's psychology. He was simply a monster, which I think is so cool. And I think that's the difference between a female and a male writer and director, is that I feel like men have this need to, whenever it's a male character, like, oh... We need to understand why he's like this. And women are like, eh. Eh. He just kind of is. And I think I, you can see that a lot in other... So it it kind of reminds me of... It, it's, a, it's a male writer and director, but I think it was the same f- thing for Jojo Rabbit. Taika Waititi was like, I don't, I'm not doing any research for writing and playing Hitler. He's just a bad person. Like I don't feel the need to go any deeper than that. And I think that has a lot of merit to it. I think that really makes a lot of sense. Um, so Christian Bale read the script for this. He was, I believe he was in production for another film at this, at this time. But he read the script and flew to New York to audition. Um, and he was also uninterested in Bateman's backstory and described him sort of as an alien, like an outsider. Um, which is, yeah, which is like inhuman, which makes a lot of sense. And he went a lot of extreme, underwent a lot of extreme physical transformation for this role. He does that with a lot of roles. I love Christian Bale, guys. Don't get me started on Christian Bale. But um, he did a ton of exercise. He tanned and he changed his teeth. That's crazy. My mom works at a dentist's office. So don't get me started on dental procedures. He, he got, like, caps on his teeth, and they have forever changed how he talked just for this one movie role. That's crazy. Um, and while getting ready for this role, he was told that taking this role was, quote, career suicide, which only made him more committed to being in the movie, which I really respect. Love him. But the studio, even though Christian Bale was technically cast at this point, the studio still preferred somebody like Leonardo DiCaprio or Ed Norton to be the role in the- Oh. Nobody's coming in. Guys, I'm so paranoid. 
they still preferred somebody like that to be in the role of Bateman. And Mary Herring was very opposed to that. She loved Patrick, or Patrick Bateman. Uh, it's 8.42 in the morning. She liked Christian Bale, and so do I. I'm flipping the page now in my notes, so if you hear it, no, you don't. Anyways, Lionsgate announced, I think it was at the Cannes Film Festival, I forget which one, but Lionsgate announced publicly that DiCaprio was to be playing Bateman, and Mary Heron got pissed, because no, it wasn't. Oh, hey, what? And so she got so mad, she left the project. I would have too. And so then Oliver Stone replaced her as writer and director and began reworking the script to be more of a psychological thriller kind of Jekyll and Hyde-esque, which I think would have worked, but also the way that they, that Mary Heron did it and almost made it sort of this very dark comedy, I think worked so well. It was so fun. But also like, not, but also slay. Um, and so then DiCaprio left the project for another one and <laughs> Christian Bale was so sure that DiCaprio would leave that he like kept turning down other roles. He was like, no, I'm in this other movie. No, you're not. I thought Leonardo DiCaprio was in that movie. No. He's, he is right now, but he won't be later. I promise. He's insane. I love him. So then, after DiCaprio left the project, then Oliver Stone left the project, and then Mary Heron was rehired, thank the lord. And the role of Bateman was sort of passed around, like, offered to other actors, including Ewan McGregor, who was personally asked by Christian Bale to say no. He went to him, he was like, please, dude, you don't understand, please, dude, I, I need you. What's that one TikTok audio where it's like the, let me go first, let me go first, I'm doing something. Okay. I keep getting scared that somebody is going to walk in. I shouldn't, I shouldn't record this at school, but I am. And so then Lionsgate finally bit the bullet and was like, fine, you can be in it. And um, so then Christian Bale was finally cast as Patrick Bateman and production could finally commence. Shooting took place mostly in New York City and Toronto. And the stories from onset describe Bale as an insanely committed method actor. Like, to the point to where other people in the cast would be like, he's kind of weird. Like, what the f- what is he- what do- What's wrong with him? <laughs> what is- what is wrong with this guy? I think that's funny. I think that's really funny. You get so into the role that other people's like, are like, Anyways, that's all I have for the de development and production. So now we're going to move into the trivia on this movie. Um, and also I would like to say take this all with a grain of salt because people on imdb.com could be lying. <laughs> they could have lied. And there's some where I was like, this probably isn't true. And so I just, but I thought it was funny. So I put a little question mark next to it. Anyways, so...
Can you guys hear that? I don't know if you guys can hear that. I, I said, I, I told GarageBand to like stop the feedback, but I think it would be really funny if you guys could hear that. So, um, anyways, trivia. Christian Bale took inspiration for this character from Tom Cruise himself, who was actually featured in the novel, which is really funny to me. It's, um, it's towards the beginning of the novel, and he's like, Patrick Bateman is like in the elevator, and Tom Cruise like gets in. It's really funny. Um, the biggest cost in this movie was getting the rights to the music, which, I mean, makes sense to me. There's some bangers in there. Play that much. And this is really funny. I think this is true, because multiple people have corroborated it. Is that the word? Am I using that word right? Corroborate? If I'm not, you know what I mean. Christian Bale, to get approval to play this role from Bret Easton Ellis, met him in character as Patrick Bateman. Like, he dressed up and met him in character at, like, a restaurant or something. And after ten minutes... Just 10 minutes. Ellis was literally begging him to stop. He was like, please, no, 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 please, 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 please. Um, which is really silly. Uh, this is kind of a more well-known piece of trivia, but I still think it's really cool. The interrogation scene with Will Willem Dafoe was filmed three different times, like in three different ways. One where he knows Bateman did it, one where he suspects that Bateman did it, and it is killing Paul Allen. If you haven't seen the movie, don't listen to this podcast episode. <laughs> and then the last way was if he suspected nothing. And so all shots were sort of mixed together in post to sort of confuse the audience, which I think is really fun. Um, flipping the page again. There's some ASMR. Uh, Whitney Houston actually refused to allow any of her songs to be used in this movie, which I think is really funny. Um, <laughs> none of these, like, none of the, these are all, like, bullet points in my notebook, and so I just completely, there's no rhyme or reason as to what I wrote down, and there's no flow between all of them, so it's just, like, bullet point, next one, next one, next one. I don't care. Uh, Reese Witherspoon was three months pregnant during the filming of this movie. I don't really have much to say on that, but I thought it was cool. None of the Pierce and Pierce employees, including Patrick Bateman, are ever shown actually working in the movie, which I think is really interesting. Like, oh, there was somebody that just walked by. Like, it's a, they're in the workplace for the entire, almost the entire movie, but they're never actually shown working, which is funny. I think that's silly. And all of the business cards and like that really iconic business card scene, they all say vice president. Like everybody's the vice president. Um, which would be, it would be funny if it, it, they were like trying to imply that the place is like a scam. But I also don't know anything about business. Um, and I don't know if this is true actually, but somebody said that Bis Bischen Crail, hey guys. said to be able to 
to control his own sweat glands during filming. Like, they, they were like, he broke out into a sweat during the same exact line in every scene. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if he could actually control his own sweat glands. But it's kind of fun to think about. That's one that I thought maybe wasn't true, and this other one I'm, like... 80% 80% sure it's not true, but if it is, that's so funny. Somebody said to get the role as Bateman, Bale had to sing a cappella hip to be square in full. Which is maybe the funniest thing I've heard in the past couple of, you know, months. Imagining that is very silly to me. Loving, living, laughing, loving that. <sighs> But that's all I have for the pre-production and the production and trivia and such. So now we're just gonna kind of get into the... My thoughts on this film. And I've sort of mentioned it before, but I like it. (laughs) Actually, hey, thank you guys so much for listening. I liked the movie, that's all I have to say. No, I think it's... I watched this for the first time really expecting it to be like an actual horror movie. And I was disappointed. I was like, it's not scary. Because it's not really supposed to be, it's not scary. It's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be a dark comedy. You're not supposed to take it seriously. That's the thing. Is that you're supposed to watch this and sort of giggle at it. Because it's funny. It's ridiculous. And you're supposed to laugh. So then I watched it a second time and I had so much more fun because I didn't take it seriously. And I was giggling, and I was laughing. Yeah, that's pretty much what I have to say on that matter. It's supposed to be funny. But more than that, it is still, like, good. There are parts of it that do hit very hard. I mean, I I don't know about hit very hard, but it's, like, it's interesting to... Like, the character of Patrick Bateman is very interesting. Not in the way that people on TikTok like to talk about. Sigma male, beta male. I don't I don't even know what any of it means. But the way that he's sort of portrayed as this perfect masculine specimen, but he's so lonely, is very interesting to me, is that he's... He spent all of this time trying to become perfect, but he, uh, and he seems perfect on the outside, but it's just eating away at him on the inside, which is so interesting to me. And it goes into a bit more of like, you get more of his sort of, because he is the narrator of the book. It's told from his perspective, so you get a bit more of his emotion from the book, and it's just one thing that I find really interesting about the book is every single character that he comes in contact with, he describes exactly what they're wearing. Like, from the fabric that their suit is to the person who made their glasses and just all of it. And I... It's very interesting how, like, the things that he recognizes... from his day-to-day life. There's one chapter, it's maybe one of the first chapters of the book, where he just describes his entire apartment in full. From 
the year and the price and the artists of the art pieces on his wall to like the CDs and the records that he has and the CD player and the year that it's from and how much it costs and it's just so interesting that it's like that's what he's thinking about on a day-to-day basis nothing about emotion or how he feels or what he's doing he it's like he's an encyclopedia he just spews out this information that normally people wouldn't notice i think that's really interesting that in this quest that he has had to become perfect he's sort of become less human he's that sounds so stupid he's being imperfect is part of the human experience yeah you know but it's interesting how they do it in the book to where like this process of becoming inhuman is it's as much the violence and the degradation to the people that he encounters as it is he's lost his emotions and he's lost you know i don't know he's lost any like actual everything that he does is or that he thinks about is objective he doesn't have his own opinions on things he just says what is widely known about things i think that's really interesting um but as you sort of get further and further into the book you're sort of seeing him unravel and unraveling kind of with him it's so interesting to watch and to read what happens to his mental state and sort of how he unravels and it's different in the movie because you can't quite put that to screen or maybe we haven't figured out how to put it to screen yet but it's still I'm trying to think I mean you are definitely seeing him unravel in the ways that he's he's not so careful as the movie progresses and there's obviously the big breakdown scene where he's taking all the pills and calling his secretary and crying and screaming and killing people and hiding in his office and there are all the helicopters going for him and then you know the movie ends and you're you don't know if it was a dream or not and i'm trying to think how the book ended i don't remember if that's how the book ended it might have been there are a lot of differences between the book and the movie. If <laughs> hey, if you haven't gotten that from what I've been talking about so far, this entire podcast episode is just train of thought. If good luck to everybody listening to try and actually understand what I'm talking about. What else? One of my favorite scenes or chapters in the book is when he goes on this date he's broken up with his girlfriend i think her name was evelyn reese witherspoon he broke up with her and he's going on a date with his secretary Jean, and they sort of have this picture perfect but also like imperfect like think of like a hallmark movie sort of that sort of night where they like sneak into a restaurant that they don't have a reservation for and then they get kicked out and it's just this beautiful sort of hi i thought somebody was coming in they didn't but it's this beautiful sort of just simple imperfect 
night that he has with his secretary and it's just it's really cute it's that's how i can describe it it's kind of like a meat cute and there's this beautiful i'm not going to be able to quote it but it's this beautiful little passage where he's like there's a moment where you almost expect the orchestra to swell and the camera to pan away and fireworks to go off like he's almost describing what he's just gone through through the lens of a of a camera like he doesn't even think that this night has been real he can only compare it to movies because he doesn't have this lived experience he doesn't have anything to compare it to but this one night has been so perfect to him that he can only compare it to a movie i thought that was so sweet and beautiful talking about this murderer <laughs> but that was probably my favorite part of the book is to just watch him sort of describe this night that was so perfect and beautiful to him that he could only compare it to a movie what else what else oh i need to talk about sort of the bigger allegory in the book or at least how i have what's the word interpreted the book i sort of interpret the character of patrick bateman as a metaphor like you can say that he's a metaphor for consumerism and wall street and all this stuff but i think you look bigger and you can almost pinpoint him as a, a metaphor hey stroking out immediately having a stroke at what time is it nine a.m but he's a metaphor an allegory for america itself i think and how america treats minorities i've talked about this with friends before but you know he being this rich white male and sort of how he treats women and people that are not white and the violence that he shows them and you know it's I, I i have stuff to say that's not so surface level but i can't think of it right now but you can sort of see it whenever you read the book or you watch the movie and he's so buddy buddy with all of his co-workers who are all white men but the way that he treats women and the way that he treats like there's a scene in the book and it's also in the movie where he encounters a homeless person and you know sort of i think he get i don't remember if he gives him money or he acts like he's gonna give him money and then tells him to get a job and it's like oh have you ever heard that before that is how america treats its homeless population even though it's hey your fault not maybe not the homeless person's fault maybe it's the system that failed them but yes but it's just this overarching theme of consumerism and s sort of this desensitization that's actually that's not the word desensit no that's right desensitization that doesn't sound real i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but you know what i'm talking about they you're subjected to so much of this sex and violence and drug use and 
all of this and by the end of the movie you're just sort of chill with it which i think is sort of can be said the same thing for modern america with all of you know the stuff that we see in the news from day to day and you know <laughs> you sort of start thinking that it's normal even though it's not normal it's the opposite of normal we should not be seeing all of this violence and war and you know stuff every day but we are it, oh what is my computer doing hey guys am i still recording yes hey we're back sorry my computer just shut off but it's cool that to know that it can do that and also keep recording anyways um i just lost my train of thought that's gonna make me so mad walking by and I get so nervous desensitization desensitization I can't keep I can't get caught up on this you know being shown all of this and thinking that it's normal and so towards the end of the book in the movie you're just kind of like man yeah I mean that's what he's been doing this whole time if anybody hasn't seen or read the, seen this movie or read this book and they're trying to listen to this podcast i'm so sorry <laughs> they're like oh i want to get your like insight on it see if i actually want to watch it. i'm sorry i kind of talk about movies and stuff as if i'm in an inside club and you are also in an inside club but you've never seen it and you don't know what i'm talking about and you never will but yeah i'm i think i'm gonna start wrapping up I don't know how long this is. It's probably gonna. I'm, I've been talking for like 14 hours, and I'm gonna press like I'm gonna drag this over to my desktop. See how long it is, and it's gonna be 20 minutes at the very most. Um. But yes, closing remarks, closing thoughts. I really like this movie because it is a satire. Because it is not meant to be taken seriously, and yet in that sort of perspective of looking on this with a sense of comedy with a sense of not taking it too seriously you get a really really cool nuance to it to where you can kind of look at it and be like yeah this is ridiculous it's real but it's ridiculous the way that this is how america as a whole sort of acts and that's why it's called American Psycho, because Patrick Bateman as a character is supposed to represent all of the worst parts about America, all of our consumerist ideals and just the maximalism and the rich, gaudy, meaningless aspects of American society. The pieces of furniture and art that have no meaning behind them, the white sterile walls the, that aren't homey in any sense of the word, and going to work but not actually doing any work, being in rooms of people who all have the same title and yet still trying to fight for dominance over them when it doesn't mean anything. And 
treating anybody who's has a different opinion than you or a different walk of life than you treating them like they're not even human when really maybe it's you that isn't quite human I feel like that sounded really deep in my head and then I'm gonna listen back to this and be like so what are you talking about um I think that's kind of all I've got to say it's it's a maximalist kind of gaudy-ish movie that I think is a perfect it, it, it's perfect for what it was it was it did what it was supposed to do perfectly and I think that's all I can ask of it um yes so I hope everybody who watched I hope my audience of four people really liked this episode <laughs> even though I don't know what I just talked about. <laughs> I hope you can understand it, even though I know that's a big ask. And I hope you don't mind the 30-second stretches of silence whenever I'm scared that somebody's going to walk into the room. I cannot stress to you enough that there is nobody else in this room but me, and I'm just yapping. If somebody were to walk in, they would ship me away. They would get nervous. But yes, I hope you enjoyed. I don't know when the next episode's gonna come out because it took me a year to do this one. So I need to record the next one. I believe I wanna do the next one with one of my friends. So we'll actually have a guest. You'll have another person that's not me yapping in your ear. And it's gonna be about the Batman, which is gonna be very fun. That was supposed to be the first one. And then I couldn't figure out when to film it so I did this first but yes I hope you'd enjoyed loving living laughing loving you very much thank you bye bye see you next time